<laughs> Dex, you ain't even home. Nigga, just leave the door unlocked. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. You want to give us an intro today? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it. I got it. Uh-huh. Oh, we got to record a... Um, before we leave today, we got to record a uh, anchor ad, too. Okay. So anchor gotta, ad. Don't get lost in C. Drop your anchor. Does that work? <laughs> man, let's get that shit out the way. We'll, we'll knock it out. Of... It don't take long. We did one in the before times with Culture Gallery. Take 10 seconds. All right, yeah. guys. Uh, it's a Anchor. It's a great app. Use it to download uh, Porn. all your favorite podcasts. Use it to record podcasts. Podcasts are great. Anchor, Anchor, Anchor. You just got to talk for 30 seconds about it. <laughs> That's it. But um, I can do that. Wh- whoever wants to do the ad can do the ad. I don't care. I'll, I can do it. Y'all can do it. It don't matter. Mm, this nigga loves Southern too much. I love these, bro. I love those shoes. Nah. That bitch could burn down tomorrow. Uh-uh. And I'd be like, so do I still get my refund? <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, should we wrap? We live? We yeah, we record. You good. All right, man. Welcome, welcome back, everybody, to episode five of the Will Name This Podcast Later podcast. I am one of the three hosts. My name is DJ. I am Dexter Nicholas. I am Christian Chavez. And guys, welcome to the first ever video that's going to be live on the YouTube page, man. We really appreciate everybody rocking out. We've been paying attention to what you guys have been saying. You want more of a video. You want more of the video experience, guys. So we're really happy to bring this to you all. Uh, We're kicking this off with a Juneteenth special, man. So we're really happy to be able to do this on this particular day. It's something that's going to be great, guys. You're going to see a lot more live content from us on Facebook, a lot more B-roll. We're giving you a lot more access to us. We're just everyday niggas with great opinions on shit. Mm -hmm. So this week, guys, we're going to have a conversation about some things that are kind of near and dear to us. We're also still going to talk about some events that are really happening in the news that are happening in our communities that really, like, shake us a bit. So first thing I want to talk about, guys, is Juneteenth, right? So Juneteenth is coming up uh, this Saturday. By the time this episode is released, it's going to be Juneteenth or the day after, somewhere around there. So what did Juneteenth mean to y'all growing up? Nothing. (laughs) Nothing at all. Same same thing. Nothing. Um, I didn't grow up with it. I didn't grow up with it. Um, Really, it hasn't become a big deal. Until the last what, three years, yeah, something so. like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe we did celebrate Juneteenth and just didn't know about it. I don't remember it ever being a thing. Uh, mm-hmm. But I'm not a fan of Fourth of July anyway because you know even when the Declaration of Independence was signed, we were still slaves for another like 80 years, I believe, or something like that. And so, really, how can you celebrate Independence Day? Don't get me wrong, I'm gonna take the day off. Like, yeah. I, don't, I don't discriminate against that shit, but um, it, it's nice to feel represented, you know, in American history for something that yeah. white folks haven't taken over yet. Like, we know soon they're going to be commodifying that shit and printing T-shirts and mm. doing X, Y, Z. But right now it's still mainly a black folk thing. You know, Baton Rouge has got, I counted four recently, uh, has got four events going on. And I know that I have to be at three to show my face for organizers and community folks and so I'm really excited about that and of course you know I'm throwing my own Juneteenth kickback where we do nothing but nigga shit like spades watch Black Dynamite and Black Panther play dominoes you know eat soul food and shit 
just as a a way to memorialize the ancestors who've gone on before. So that shit um, makes sense, man. I know, I mean, right? Let's be honest. We only really care about this shit if uh, we got an excuse to go out and barbecue and cook something. Niggas yeah. want to go outside. Yep. Yo, COVID is over. Niggas want a reason to go outside. So we're going to be drinking. We're going to be smoking, eating good. Yeah. Around people we yeah. like. And we just want an excuse to be outside. Like For real, though. For real. You know? That's, I mean, that's one of the biggest things about, like, COVID. Like, we going to amplify every, we going to amplify every fucking thing. We want to be outside. We want to have fun. I mean, I I feel like you, Dex, white people are going to find a way to hijack this holiday. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like Nancy Pelosi is already working on, like, a set of kente cloth lines yeah. for this bullshit. Yeah. Oh, shit. But I love, I love Juneteenth because I've never felt connected to July 4th. Mm-hmm. Like, I hate that, like, mad patriotic shit because it always just kind of seems racist. Like, even the American flag, niggas was wearing shorts, getting the matching weird-ass outfits. Sunglasses is all. Yeah. It yeah. always felt like this undertone of, like, racism. I never felt like that shit was really for us. You didn't belong. Yeah, you never really feel like you belong with the July 4th holiday. Like, that shit was never something designed for us. Like, any anytime I see, like, anything July 4th and inspired, it makes me it makes me feel like I'm walking into an establishment. I'm the only black person, and the music stops, and they throw a rope over the banister. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? It's just <laughs> yeah. like, it's like, this shit is not for me. I don't feel comfortable here. I'm here anyway. This is our, this is some of our country. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're celebrating what exactly? You know what I mean? So it's, it's always right. been that type of feel. But, I mean, now it's like, you know, your white friends are going to want to be invited to the cookout now. Are you going to invite them? Are you inviting the... This is foreshadowing. Are we inviting any white, any white cohorts... To the cookout? Huh. For no. Juneteenth. I... I mean... It's interesting, right? Because we want to be super inclusive with our culture because we know at some point in time we could maybe find a way to monetize it by getting more people involved. But sometimes the shit ain't about monetization, right? So just my short answer, nah, I don't want to invite white people to something that's solely for us, something that's uniquely for us because dog, we got to hold certain things sacred, right? We can't be like Floyd Mayweather out here fighting one of the fucking Paul brothers. <laughs> we got to keep this shit sacred and we got to keep this shit for us, man. I mean, if they want to have some appreciation event at their homes in which, you know, they talk about how their love and affinity for niggas, then great. But don't come to my shit. Don't come to my shit. What y'all think? Hey, I mean... I don't invite them out now, so it's not, I mean, I, not a group of white people. I always feel unsettled around too many white people, but mm-hmm. I don't want to live amongst too many niggas. So there is <laughs> the issue in life. So it's like, you want to feel safe, but unsafe at the same time. Um, yeah. I say include them over time. You know, I like to use their, their relationship with the Native Americans as like a benchmark mm. as to know, like, yeah, if I let them too close. Like, in, nigga, probably, don't bring no blankets. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> don't bring no blankets. Do not give me any medical attention whatsoever. Mm-mm. So, you know, yeah, maybe if they come, they can learn how to season their food. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I invited, I invited white folks to, <clears throat> excuse me, I invited white folks to the Juneteenth event that I have yeah. here. You know, people that I know and have known for years and years and whom I trust, but I I don't think like, I don't think there's a blanket invite and I'm not inviting them to like go with me around to the events that I'm going to. Like you can come to my event. You can't go to, you know, the, the Washington's event. You can't go to 
uh, Denise Marcel's event with me. It's a public park. Can't stop me from going. But, you know, I think hopefully one of the things that they've learned from the last year is actually how much space they take up and how sometimes we just need to, like, decompress without white folks there. Because when you're around, when we're around white folks, like, of course, in business places or whatever, we kind of got to code switch and bend to those rules, although we don't do that very much anymore. And so when you're around, when it's mostly black folks, we still have to figure out a way to make you comfortable, you know, and not say anything or do anything that's going to make you feel some type of way. And so sometimes I don't want to put forth that energy. I just want to be like, sometimes I just want to do ratchet shit with my friends. I don't need my mom there. But I feel like also like... Because this has been spoken a lot about, like, people talk about the great racial uh, awakening Mm -hmm. with the George Floyd events from last year. I believe it caused a lot of frustration for white people because they feel like they've done enough. Like, I don't feel like the events of last year have really helped or hurt. Like, wow, we put away a murderer who fucking killed somebody on camera. It's not hard to do. Mm -hmm. I don't really feel like white people have atoned for the racial injustices done to black people on a daily basis. And the motherfuckers really just don't care. Like, people are looking Mm -hmm. for an excuse to party. If they go to a Juneteenth event, they're not going to realize the sanctity of our party. Mm -hmm. Like, it's... It's like niggas is free. We feel good. We're trying to enjoy ourselves, but we also know the purpose of this. Juneteenth wasn't like, oh, this is the day that the slaves were all freed. This was about um, the last slaves in Texas finding out about freedom. Like, you've been free for quite some time. Two years, actually. We just let you niggas know how you can get off the plantation, bro. Y'all been free. (laughs) We ain't even giving y'all back pay and then y'all just working for free. Y'all some interns. Mm -hmm. Like, that's the shit that happened with um, Juneteenth. So, well, um, Code Switch just did a podcast on if the quote-unquote racial reckoning was real. And you should definitely listen. Damn, that's a big bird. Uh, sorry, giant-ass hawk just flew in front of the window. But I digress. Um, they just did an episode on it. And you should go and listen to it. But I won't spoil it by saying that when they redid some um, some some surveys, they found that there's less support for Black Lives Matter now than there was in January of 2020 before, uh, before George Floyd uh, happened or was murdered. And I mean, a, a big reason for that is people are still butthurt because they lost an election and um, it was very polarized and, and politicized, you know, racial, racial justice and equality, which it always has been. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now, you, you know, things are even more back to normal. And they went into how many people, white people specifically, actually feel racial sympathy. And they they quantified it at less than 10% of white people feel racial, true racial sympathy. Meaning, of course, it's a spectrum, right? Yeah. Of I really don't give a fuck to I care a whole lot and I want to be fair to everyone. But less than 10% of those white folks actually exist in the world that believe in, you know, that feel guilt and have sympathy mm-hmm. behind something. Which, when if you know white people, makes sense. I mean, but do do we care? I mean, do we do? Are we looking for like a sense of like acceptance with them? Like you know, like mm, Karen, race me. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't, I don't think anyone is like outside. Love like me, you know, Karen. I don't you know what I mean. Like love me, embrace me now. Look, I don't think you can get any meaningful legislation or policy done 
with only 10% of uh, white people having any sort of sympathy for black but, people. But what the fuck more else do we have to do to seem more human to them? I mean, it's not our problem, right? And, right. and, that, and that's what I always back, you know, back into is it's not my problem to teach you how you're racist. It's not my problem to make you feel comfortable with my existence. Let white people, I say this all the time, white people talk to your racist uncles, talk to your racist grandmothers, because I'm not going to do it. You know what I'm going to do? Mm. I'm going to slap somebody. Like, if you get, I'm sorry, <laughs> we talked about this yesterday off mic. I'm sorry. God knows not to have me chosen by a Karen or, or Kevin, because ain't no talking. You come with me with some racist shit. I don't give a fuck how old you are. I don't give what gender you are. You're going to learn today that that is not appropriate in 2021. Because yeah. sometimes you got to slap an old bitch. It's sometimes <laughs> it is it is appropriate. It is appropriate. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. your grandchildren did not tell you, you know, to turn the ringer off on your iPhone in church. They didn't give you these certain tidbits that can help you in life. Let me help yeah. you. Let me recalibrate mm-hmm. your shit real quick. Yeah, exactly. Let me get you right. It is. Yeah. And I feel like if you are bold enough to come up to a complete stranger and start on some racist shit, you are deserving of whatever that now, you know, of whatever you get. Some niggas might slap you. Some niggas might call the police. Some niggas might pray for you. I'm Look, depending on the day, I'm all three of them niggas. But, like, what we not going to do, like, I I wish somebody would come to me, like, ain't no conversations, bro. Like, if you want to be racist around me, calling me out my name and shit, we can fight. That's right. right. We can fight. Like, if you ain't ready to fight, don't do it. That's my my perspective. Right. If you're not, because, I mean, bro, it ain't, it ain't our jobs to tell white people to stop being racist and mm-hmm. shit. You brought up a good point, though. Like, we need legislation passed so we can just get an equal foot. Niggas not trying to get ahead. We just trying to get equal footing. Mm-hmm. So right. we do have to, I, I don't even want to say this, but we got to find a way to make our, our plights or our causes more palatable to white people. But it's just something that I'm just not really interested in. Like, our ancestors been doing this shit. The civil rights movement started in the 60s and shit. Mm-hmm. So we've been doing this shit trying to get you motherfuckers to understand. But America has time and time again shown us, I don't give a fuck. Civil rights, we gonna hose you niggas down while you sitting there trying to order food at uh, the fucking uh, the restaurants because we don't want you niggas here. Mm-hmm. Uh, simple arrest. Like, nah, we just gonna kill y'all because... Oh, shit! <laughs> Oh shit! <laughs> Y'all, the giant ass hawk that I talked about just ran into my window. Damn! Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> Fucking racist ass hawk. Nigga, <laughs> that nigga thought he was gonna get out. <laughs> Bruh, if you would have seen what the fuck I seen, what if this motherfucker would have bust in this bitch? Yo, this nigga. Damn, man. It ain't fucking Hogwarts, nigga. Stay outside. Nigga, our pod careers are over. So, so. <laughs> Damn. I lost all train of thought. I thought a fucking racist threw a rock at the window or some shit. <laughs> fucking nigger. <laughs> that shit played out beautifully. Like, I ain't got, but uh, what shit. the fuck was I even saying? Bro, I don't <laughs> We were talking about policy oh, and what shit. more we have to do to get white people to understand. First, we got to get fucking birds to respect us. Cause God first, damn, of all, bro. first of all, yeah, that was an owl. <laughs> but um, anyway, bro, back to back to the serious. Shit. But we we it is hard to understand what the fuck is required, what the fuck is needed because you got the civil rights movement, right? The mm-hmm. civil rights movement. Got us some progress, but there were so many loopholes that was still within that shit because we still mm-hmm. have Jim Crow laws on book, right? Yeah. 
we had the uh, the post-Civil War period to well, like we had the crack epidemic in which being black was criminalized, but uh, as it relates to drug use and abuse, mm-hmm. but now it's being looked at as a white people's issue, and because it's a white people's issue, they're looking to help folks. So we mm-hmm. still didn't get the quote-unquote help that we need. Mm-hmm. We still have issues of economic justice for us, so it's like... At what point in time do we just fuck it and say, we give up, nigga, we just going to all move to Atlanta and we just going to make the United Nigga States of Atlanta? That's that's what I said last episode. No, I would rather roll down a hill of broken glass naked than move to Atlanta. Fuck that city. Oh, my God. Fuck that I mean, okay, okay, let's let's be honest. Atlanta is like, forgive me, um, Atlanta is like a... Like the whore's paradise, but also like a a pimp who is non descriptive of his sexuality. So it's like, like, do you see how niggas dress down there? It's It's like it's like they're trying to go to the swimming pool, the strip club, and the business meeting, and also meeting Mick Jagger at the same time. It's like it's it's a whole bunch of shit going on, and I don't really know what's what's up. But Georgia is the only democratic southern. State. Nah, I mean, believe it or not, we're the only state in the South that has a Democratic governor. Kentucky now. Okay, they have a governor too? Kentucky. Kentucky. I've never fucking moved to Kentucky. North Carolina too. North Carolina, I fuck with the East Coast. I fuck and Virginia. With the East Coast. Don't forget Virginia. They, yeah. Well, they're completely Democratic. I mean, Carolina now. is East Coast, but they're still the South. They're Southeast. Yeah. They're yeah, the Southeast. southeast so yeah. I fuck with the Southeast because they're a lot more progressive than us, but mm-hmm. I mean, at what point in time do we just give up? Well, I think, so, I don't know if you have ever, freedom for black people is always negotiable. and I, Or I should say, you know, policy and whatever is negotiable for black people. And it goes all the way back to the election after, um, after what's his name was killed? What's the dude who freed the slave's name? Oh, Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> Abraham Lincoln. Yeah, that nigga. Yeah, they blew that um, nigga top off. So, I don't At know if you ever heard theater, this. During, during Reconstruction, Black people were the only skilled labor, right? The only skilled labor. And black folks were making money, right? They was getting hired. They were getting paid more than white people. Construction period. Right, the reconstruction period. period. But also because the military was down here being like, hey, get your fucking shit right. Like, what you're not going to do is treat these slaves like shit. You know, Abraham Lincoln promises 40 acres and a mute. So what happens is there's a tie in the electoral college, right? There's a tie in the electoral college. And then there's a tie in the um, Congress, in Congress. Mm -hmm. And so basically the Republicans, the Republicans go, hey, look, we can really fuck your shit up as Democrats, right? We can really, or whichever one, I forget who it was. The Democrats. Democrats was like, we can really fuck your shit up. But here's what we'll do. Here's what we'll do. We will give you, we will give you the presidency. You can have it. You know what you got to do? You got to pull all the military out of the South. Right. Mm. And the Republicans sat back and was like, you know what? Yeah, you remember? Bro, I yeah. wish we could have got that fucking so, hawk on camera. Did y'all see that <laughs> motherfucker? Yes. So they pulled they pulled all the people out, and that's where you start to get the black codes and Jim Crow. Mm. And for the next hundred-ish years, like a hundred and three-ish years, you see segregation and all of these things happen. And so, you know, it's always negotiable. For black people in policy, they don't they don't really care. As far as asking them niggas or when they're gonna realize that they, you know, that they gonna do shit, they never gonna realize it. I mean, 
One thing about white folks that we can say consistently is that they have zero lack of historical context and zero lack of awareness because the same things that they said about the civil rights movement is the same thing they're saying about BLM. The same things that they said about Martin Luther King is the same things they say about Al Sharpton and all these other activists out right now. And so we will never get any real um, anything from them, but that goes to reparations. Uh, we need to stop talking about reparations as money and start talking about it as like, guaranteed seats in Congress with voting power, right? Mm. Guaranteed senators, guaranteed business loans. Not Because they ain't going to give us straight cash. They ain't going to happen. They're not going to give us straight cash. I, I want to push back on that, though. You right? can push back, but I'm not wrong. So, <laughs> But it, this is how I feel about it, right? So I feel like with reparation, we always talk about in America, and I used to be one of these main, like, fucking perpetrators of this bullshit. The greatest key to fucking mobility in this country is through education it's mm. through through rights it's through policies and politics no the fuck it's not because the white people who have the power and control rig, rig the game they'll just rig, rig this motherfucker it's another fucking session of Ju, uh, what is it, Jumanji yeah. they'll do that shit our best opportunity to get what we want guys is through money man it's through financial, direct financial payments going to us because that can make an instant impact on your life, on your friends' life, on your family's life, on niggas in the hood's life. Now, we got to educate and reach that hand back out to folks who never had money so they can know how to maintain that shit. But outside of that, bro, like, the government has shown us time and time again that Republicans and Democrats are the same motherfuckers. They are not different, bro. They use us in every single election, particularly national elections. Let's get the niggers out and get the Democrats voting in. And then as soon as they get in office, what do they do for us? Not a fucking thing. Well, Them bitches don't care. I mean, yes yes and no at the same time. If we're talking about our liberation and our freedom, I agree it's it's more to do with, with money. But at the same time, do you think they're ever going to let us get to a point to where we're going to be at a leveled opposition to them? No, we'll we'll never gain wealth within this country. It'll never be to that point because they make the rules. They'll just right. change. They'll just change. Mm-hmm. They'll just change the rules because we're playing the game. We have to play the game. We're ex slaves. Yeah, acting as if we actually have a position in this country, which we somewhat do. But whenever we get too rambunctious, you know what they do? They smack you back. They down smack you back in line, and then they then they put a non black. Sorry, Asians, mm-hmm. in a position to go against us. They give them more power within this country. I mean, if you look at the pattern, right? Look at the pattern. It's very evident right now. Black folks win Georgia. They win Joe Biden the presidency. Mm-hmm. White folks and Republicans do what? Start passing all of these more restrictive voting laws mm-hmm. to make it more difficult. They start to attack what is allowed to be taught in schools. And there's a great book called White Rage, and I forget what the author is, but it talks about how every time black people progress, you know, white folks come back and do something, you know, two steps forward, one step back, is how Obama put it in his his great interview that he did with Ezra Klein last week, which if anybody uh, should, y'all should listen to it. It's the Ezra Klein podcast. He did a great interview with Barack Obama. And he talked about how every time the United States takes two steps forward, um, racially or socially, it takes one step back because one of the parties always lashes out. Usually the, the conservative party right. lashes out and and starts to figure out ways to 
um, quell that progress. You even see that in Florida when the um, when when the voters spoke overwhelmingly, 60 something percent of them and said that felons after they've um, been released from prison, I think it was after four or five years or something, earn the right to vote. Well, what did they then do? Basically, institute basically instituted a poll tax. And then so then what happens? So then Michael Bloomberg and a bunch of other people were like, all right, cool, we'll play that game and raised money to pay those fees. And then what did Florida do? Made it illegal to pay somebody else's fees. Right. Mm -hmm. Like that is the way. And you think about that. um, Donald Trump won. Donald Trump won Florida by, you know, pretty significant margin. I think two percentage points. Mm -hmm. If all of the felons who were given the right to vote earlier that year would have voted Democrat, Donald Trump would not have won that election. You know, and so you it doesn't matter what we do. It it really doesn't, because there's always going to be a reason to justify the things that they do. For example, what what do white people use as evidence that we're not a racist country? the election of Barack Obama. Let's just talk about what percentage of white people voted for Barack Obama in that election. It was less than 40%. It was 39%. 39% of people, of white people, voted for Barack Obama. And Joe Biden wasn't that much better than that because about (laughs) 60% of white people voted for Donald J. Trump. So, like, what are we we doing? I think they're starting to realize that they can't, they can no longer bully the poll. They can no longer bully the mm-hmm. electoral process. And now they got to figure out a way to establish power again. And they do that. I don't know if y'all saw the lady in Pennsylvania. She was 70 something. Um, and she was trying to get her ID and she went in with her old ID cause it expired. They were like, you can't use that. You need to go get your original birth certificate. Okay. Well, I don't have my original birth certificate. What can I do? Oh, well you need, well, she found her original birth certificate or social security card went back and told her she needed the original of the other, either the yeah. birth certificate or social security. And then when she got that, they were like, Oh, well your last name that, that has a different last name on it. She was like, well, I got married. They were like, oh, well, we need your husband's, we need your marriage license. And so she went and got her marriage license and she, they were like, oh, no, 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 your husband's dead. We need his death certificate as well. Like, so mm-hmm. you make, this is what, things look so innocuous when you say, oh, we well, just need to go to the, the DMV to get a, to, you scared of that window, huh, my nigga? Mm-hmm. He's still looking over at that window, terrified. Mm-hmm. Like, I am legend <laughs> or some shit. It's, uh, like, it's, <laughs> like, it's like a white hooded male <laughs> just slowly creeping uh-huh. towards you. Snigger. <laughs> So, I mean, it's just, <laughs> you can't, you, we can't even play the game because we don't have the pieces on the board. Exactly. We, so, we can't do it. So I, I fucking win the debate, niggas. <laughs> no. I won. No, you didn't. Bruh, dog, there's nothing we can do. Bro, we already got the money. We already got the money. Think about all the niggas, entertainers, athletes, everyone who's in a position of power. Bro, they, they can only do just enough. But I'm thinking about that's only a small sliver of the black population. How are we gonna get so if there? So we if we think if you think about like their access to wealth, right? We yeah. talk about NCAA high school athletes going to the NCAA, right, to play collegiate ball. Mm-hmm. It's only like 13 percent of all high school kids that play ball are gonna play in college. Right. Of that 13 percent, only like one percent of them is going to the league. So if you think about that population as it relates to the black population, it ain't a whole lot of niggas with a like access to money like that from a ball playing entertainment perspective. But I think if the U S gives us the reparations money, right. (laughs) I feel like, which ain't going to fucking happen, but I feel like if they did give us the money, man, it would, Mm -hmm. it would give us access to do more things for ourselves. I just don't think through the political process. Cause I used to be like 
gung ho. Even with this uh, election series that just happened, guys, like I was one of the ones like, yo, I'm a Bernie supporter. I'm a Bernie supporter, but vote Biden. He won. Vote for Biden. Vote for Biden. Vote for Biden. And now that I sit back and think about this shit, bro, Donald Trump, Joe Biden, doesn't fucking matter. Niggas is in the same position. Nobody is doing dedicated legislation for us. But we can talk about Asians, though. Them niggas passed that Stop Asian Hate Bill, and that shit took no time to go through. There was, uh, It was partisan, right? No, it was bipartisan. bipartisan it was yeah. bipartisan. Everybody, Republicans, Democrats, they all say, we need to stop fucking with them Asians. But... When it comes to black folks, we don't get that same sympathy or same support. Well, yeah, but, but you know why. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I think I think we all know why. Because um, niggas, everybody hate niggas. Well, yeah, but you had to look at the scope of, of how, how we're marketed across yeah. the world. And, yeah. and specifically uh, nationally. So when you think about Asians, they're hardworking. They're good. They're, they're good immigrants. Mm-hmm. Model um, minorities. The model you know minority. And they, they, they can take a punch. So, <laughs> so, so you know, so so beyond. Kidding. I know, Kidding. just just joking, just joking, guys. I love Jackie Chan, but um, um, but I mean, no, seriously, like, so that we play into the stereotypes to a certain extent, uh, or at least at least America does. We think about abroad. What do they think about black people, slavery, and what they see in media? Mm-hmm. And so, if you see the same archetypes. What do you what do you get from that? What's the worst can you expect from from an Asian community? Well, but, I think, but they're they're hardworking and they 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 employ they employ their own and <laughs> look. I I just think that the the reason why we won't get any reparations because it's not unprecedented. There have been different demographics who, demographics who've gotten reparations. You be literally talked about States. it on the first episode of the pod, right? Yeah. You know the reason is. The narrative around black people, not just, you know, exported. Right. When you talk about black people are lazy. They they're capricious, right? Like I'd be lazy too if it wasn't <clears> three hundred something years for it, free. It, exactly. Yeah. But here here's the funny part. They used they used um laziness as a means. It's amazing how again white people have such short memories. But short memory is the privilege of the oppressor. Um, it's amazing how being lazy was the reason they justified slavery. But the logic behind it doesn't make any sense. You say, you know, if the black man doesn't have work, he's lazy. You know, he if he if you don't make him work, he won't do anything because they're naturally lazy. Meanwhile, you paid a nigga thousands of dollars hmm. to drive a boat across the across the water to steal some niggas, to bring them back, to do the work that you didn't want to do on your farm. Mm-hmm. Like, the the level of mental gymnastics that and it takes. And raise your children. And raise your children. Yep. You know, like, the level of mental gymnastics that make that takes. And that narrative has stuck with, with uh, that narrative has stuck, even when yeah. you talk about, you know, the idea that black people don't work. Well, yeah, black people don't work, but it's because the black unemployment rate has always been double what the white folk, what the white unemployment rate is. Mm. Why is that? Because white folks wouldn't hire black folks and you wouldn't allow black folks to open businesses so that they can hire their own. We can hire our own. So all of the narrative is, so why would we give you money when you don't work for yourself? You know, why why, why would we Mm. give you cash when you won't work for yourself? Because yeah, the, the narrative has been so ingrained that black folks can't take care of money, that we do things based off of uh, off of emotion and, you know, feeling at the time and not we don't plan right. things out and we're lazy. So yeah. we'll never get cash payouts. And that marketing, happen. that marketing for that, for that, that 
that narrative is so fucking crazy to me, right? When you're well-versed on history, when you know about slavery, when you know about uh, Jim Crow era laws, when you know about the civil rights movement, and then when you know about modern America, you can see how that shit was sold and packaged to a certain mm-hmm. group of people, and it's yeah. not, it's still absolutely non-fucking-sensical, right? So you mean to tell me that slaves, i.e. people who worked absolutely for free, built this entire economy. Mm-hmm. America had a big-ass head start on other developing nations because, dog, you had an entire free labor source. Yeah, you exactly. can't say, oh, well, we had the strongest economy based on X, Y, Z. No, you had a strong economy because you had a free labor system. Mm-hmm. And now, all of a sudden, the people that provided you the free labor are being pegged as lazy doesn't want a job, doesn't want this, doesn't want that. You just, they're just going to continue to try to fucking demonize us and bastardize us. But I want to go back to something that you mentioned earlier, though. We talked about um, how white people say that they don't have the, well, they have access to the history, right? Mm-hmm. And it brings up the topic that's been hot in the news lately about <clears throat> critical race theory. Yeah, right. right. So what are y'all thoughts on critical race theory? That white people have no understanding of what critical race theory is. They, they, or I shouldn't say white people. Let me take that back. Republicans purposefully, again, Republicans, and I, you, brought, you, you got it up on the screen, and I was fairly right in when I, when I told you what it was about, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but my ex girlfriend, shout out to to Sarah Ishmael, is actually studying critical race theory, um, getting her doctorate in it from uh, Wisconsin, which has two of the prominent critical race theorist, Gloria Billings Lansing um, is one of them. And I forget the other gentleman's name, but white Republicans from Wisconsin, hmm? but them niggas just made cheese and like fancy races. <laughs> nah, Wisconsin. Hey, chill out, chill out about the Midwest. <laughs> <laughs> nigga, that's the, that's the North South. Like I give them that. that that's South of Canada, North of everything else. Yeah, um, but like Republicans want, like, they always want to do some fuck shit. But they can't be like, we don't want to teach the civil rights movement. We don't want to teach, you know, about... And, and right now, I think they're really covering their ass with the, uh, with the insurrection, right? They, don't, they really don't want to talk about the insurrection at the Capitol. And they're finding ways to move legislation that, that, that removes that from history through other methods. So they say... Ooh, you know what? The, you know what the Democrats are doing? They're teaching your kids about critical race theory. You know what critical race theory is? Critical race theory teaches all white kids that they're that the country was founded on on a, on racism, and that they're in their position because somebody in their family benefited from racism, and the black person sitting next to them, they're there because your your granddaddy didn't allow them to do some shit, which is not what critical race theory is that's called history that's called history my nigga that like that's history like you don't want history taught because you're realizing that the more true history is taught and the more digitized the world becomes the more access that people have to information easily true unbiased information the better you look well you just can't handle do you think do you think that most most white americans feel like um the injustice placed to Amongst other non non whites, is justifiable based upon where we're at now. We were able to be the leading force, leading country in pretty much everything in their eyes. So they could say, "Yes, yes, mm. our founding fathers had to, had some flaws, but they gave us the Bill of Rights. They gave us the Constitution. They I gave think, us, you I know think, what I mean." So they, yeah. they they hold their hat on that shit so hard to where it's like you can't even. I think yeah, 
Now that you say, now that you position it that way, yes, because everybody has this notion, and if we take race out of it, right, everybody has this notion of necessary evils. In our community, we think about it as if nigga ain't got no money, you selling drugs, mm-hmm. you got a little bread, you can take care of your family. It's a necessary evil. Basically. I feel like they look at the greatest evil as a necessary evil because you can flip the tables on them, say the motherfuckers was lazy. They came and discovered this big ass, uh, big ass piece of land and was like, yo, we can do a lot of shit here. And we can steal. And we can steal. We are really good at stealing and murder. Mm-hmm. But damn it, you know, after all that stealing and murder, I'm gonna be a little fucking tired. Let's get them, let's get some people to do some work for us. That's then, what that is. How did, how, did, how did they escape persecution? In Europe, <laughs> come mm. over here, see a group of people who are in the same position as them. A fucking bird just, anyway, I'm sorry. Yeah, so. Uh, <laughs> and, and from that, they just basically said, you know what? We're going to do the same thing that was that was placed upon us. We're yeah. going to take their land. They be, they were basically the first finessers. Yeah. They were they were yeah. Shiesty. <laughs> Back, you know what I'm saying? Like, they were the first finessers. They came over, he was like, yeah, you know what, yeah. nigga? You know, like, come on, man. Like, you niggas is... These white yeah. niggas be losing their mind. Yeah. Double entendre. But it's just, you know, mm. come on, man. I mean, it's it's real. It's like, okay, so for one, let's get back into what critical race theory is. Yeah. For the folks who don't know, because before this, I didn't re- I've heard of it and I was able to make some type of assertion on what it was. So the critical race theory is an academic movement of civil rights scholars and activists in the United States who seek to critically examine the law as it intersects with issues of race and to challenge mainstream liberal approaches to racial justice. Critical race theory examines social cultural and legal issues as they relate to race and racism. And just for layman terms, how institutional structures have affected black people? How have the police or the, the what is it called? The industry of policing and mm-hmm. prison mm-hmm. Inf- impacted the lives of black people compared to Native Americans, compared to um, Latinx folks, compared to white people. Um, and there's, I, I, I'm sorry, there's just nothing controversial he is really checking holy shit that motherfucker is on my car <laughs> he is really checking Bruh. for this uh for this hawk he got out here the window again i hope no. he doesn't no this... because it's yeah it's the easy. windows are dead ass wide open and they, yeah they can come in yeah, yeah. i have nice windows everyone it is it is what it is it looks like you fly through my house uh-huh. Them bitches don't get sunlight in there, but they get hawks uh-huh. apparently. Fucking hawk try to fly in this motherfucker, and we all got to scramble and shit. So I'm diving straight for the door. Fuck this nigga's Nigga, I am at it. I am at the disadvantage. A white right in front, bro. Look, y'all just make sure to save the equipment first. That's all I'm asking. Nigga said three racks is not going to waste. Over a goddamn hawk, and the hawk is my patronus, so that nigga better be cool with me. Nah, he's gonna fucking scratch your fucking eyeballs out. Yeah. You know, I'm wondering I'm wondering what he's looking for. He must have food around here or something. I ain't seen yeah. him in about a year. Shit. They must have went south for the winter. They back now. But I digress. I um your car now, Christian. Thank God. <laughs> scratch up that paint. Fucking, <laughs> <laughs> fucking bastards. <laughs> so like Nigga, it just took a snapshot. <laughs> Chill, bro. <laughs> I shouldn't have smoked the fuck out This nigga's ducking him. <laughs> oh, this nigga said he had to smoke to put up with us niggas. <laughs> These niggas go talking about this again. Yeah. Get back to it, though. Get back to it. Get back to so, it. 
I mean, I don't remember where I left off, but I don't think I don't think there's anything wrong with critical race theory. And also, it's not being taught in schools. I think what they're upset about is like history. I don't know if y'all saw in Texas um, if the bill would have passed. I don't know if it did or didn't um, because it was, I, watching it was just too hurtful. But it would have barred teaching Martin Luther King. It would have barred teaching Rosa Parks. It would have barred teaching. Um, Susan B. Anthony, because it doesn't, the bills that they're trying to pass don't just talk, stick to racism. It's about not teaching um, the United yes, States as a racist, sexist country, even though United States was hella racist and hella sexist. So that bill actually passed. It did. I saw the it's governor. He's done two, he's done two, uh, governor of Texas. Texas went from this, like, what could have been viewed as a liberal utopia mm-hmm. to, like, just they shut that shit down. Mm-hmm. Liberals stay away, go to California. Like, they they yeah. passed that law in which critical race theory can't be taught in schools, and they also passed the uh, COVID restrictions that bi- don't allow businesses to ask for, like, your vaccine or vac- vaccination mm-hmm. report shit. So that was two of the big pieces of legislation passed in uh, in Texas. So they they've gotten that information through, but, I mean, y'all remember that episode of uh, The Chappelle Show with uh, Clayton Bigsby? Yeah. And when he took his hood off, yeah. it was like, the, white power. power. The, girl, the girl's head exploded. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, do y'all feel like, because white people have been painted this fucking picture, right, of like, okay, racist, slavery wasn't that bad. We've amended all of the issues associated with slavery. But what if they fully understood that context? They were taught it at a grade school level. They were, fucking they fully, heads would explode. They fully understand it. No, they, they That's get it. That's why bro. they don't want it taught. If you, if I'm not saying anyone would do this in this room, but if you murdered or you raped someone and you had to be continuously reminded about that injustice, mm-hmm. you would find any other way <laughs> to not have to think to about not it. have to think about that mm-hmm. shit. Right. Can, can you can you imagine? Can you imagine from their point of view? I'm not trying to give them a way out, but how can you write that wrong in your lifetime? Man, that's. Dog, because slavery is gruesome, bro. Slavery yeah. is gruesome. And even if we bring it back closer, because, I mean, the no, civil rights movement was gruesome. That's, that's too short. Don't give them just slavery. I'm mm-hmm. talking about from then to now. That would be that would be something hard to stomach because you would have to acknowledge the hand that you played in the lack of racial progress. You have to fully acknowledge mm-hmm. your complicit role in this. And while we might not be talking about like poor whites or middle class whites, but then again, it kind of affects you too, based too. on based on how you voted. They vote against their interests all the time. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I don't I think it would be one of those Clayton Bigsby moments. Everybody's fucking heads explode because you now have to deal with what you've done. Well Robin D'Angelo was on um who wrote White Fragility. <clears throat> she wrote White Fragility, which is another great book um, that I read. Uh, but she was on... This nigga's still jumping from these hogs. They really are congregating around my house, though. There must be a squirrel or something that they got cornered, but I digress. Um, this nigga hawk eye. <laughs> so she was on White... She was on uh, the Jimmy Kimmel show, and he asked her about, you know, why... What does White Fragility mean? And she gave the most poignant answer of any time we start talking about race, white people become the most fragile, most annoying little bitches about Mm -hmm. the conversation. And she was like, it's all a psychological trick because we make it so 
Um, taboo. Not even taboo. She said, we make it so difficult for black people to talk to us about their experiences that they just prefer to not say anything. And as long as we're not saying, as long as they're not saying anything, we can pretend like nothing is wrong, but they're not saying anything because we make it so miserable to have those conversations with us. And, you know, it, it always brings me back. I know all of us professionally have sat in a diversity, equity, and inclusion conversation or a conversation mm -hmm. on race somewhere. And there's that one white lady or that one white man who just makes the conversation so annoying. And, like, you're not listening. You're just yelling about things like the way that you want them to be and not the way that they are. Mm -hmm. And everybody's just like, can we just get the fuck out of here and go? Like, we don't even want to, we don't even want to have the conversation anymore. There's a lack of empathy in those conversations. Yeah. And we're not looking for sympathy in the conversations. I'm not looking for you to say, I feel sorry for you, but we want you to actually take the opportunity in those, in those meetings, in those situations mm -hmm. to say, all right, I'm putting on your skin for a moment. Mm -hmm. How would I feel if these injustices happened back to, to back. me? Back to back to mm -hmm. back to back to back to well, like the point now is our kids would be the first set of generation of Americans that would ha actually have an opportunity to do something because there are fewer mm -hmm. laws on the books. Not mm -hmm. all the laws are gone, but there are fewer laws on the books now to like prevent you from getting to where you're supposed to be. Mm -hmm. So it's it, it, it's frustrating. There needs to be a reckoning for for white people. I just don't think we'll get to that place, man. I don't think not, we'll get to that place. Not when there's boomers still in Congress and the Senate. Shit, it ain't right. even about the boomers no more, though. It's not even I mean, about... I want to bring something back up that all of us said, though, too. That's tied directly to what you said. Remember how before we was like, y'all, we need more of the Issa Rays. We can add Wanda Sykes to this uh, yeah. about making new content just for niggas like to see us living in our everyday lives. Right. I'm kind of starting to see the fucking point of all these goddamn slave movies and all of these like social commentary movies to where they're real tearjerkers and traumatic for us. Mm -hmm. Like, nigga, I can never watch uh, When They See Us ever fucking again in my life. Right. But I understand kind of why it's needed based on what you said. We can't have the conversations with people. White folks don't want to hear it from us, but maybe they'll watch it in a movie. Hmm. Maybe they'll get, in, get enthralled in this in a TV show because... Mm -hmm. We gotta entertain, infotain motherfuckers. Not if it's done by black creators. That's what the that's what the catch twenty two is. Yeah. White folks ain't watching Insecure. You know what they're watching? Girls, Sex in the City. Yeah. You know they ain't watching. They ain't watching. Uh, Twelve Years a Slave. They do. They do tune in whenever the writer or the director is white. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, Django, so Django. white face associated with it. But, well, you're right. Well, white folks ain't. They can't tell our stories. Now we could have a fucking shadow director. You know. Like, give me fucking print, uh, Prentice Penny doing, <laughs> doing fucking, yeah. you know, 12 Years a Slave with yeah. Tom Hanks directing that bitch. Like, yeah. maybe maybe that'll work. But, but you're right. You're right. That, I think that's the only way. But they ain't, they ain't checking in on black shows like like talking about, right? Yeah. So and, I, and it's not even about the black shows. Because, I mean, we need that. We need Insecure. We need fucking Meet the Upshaws. We mm -hmm. need, um, what was that show? Uh, the Carmichael Show. Yeah. We needed those shows because we need a break from our everyday lives. Because being black, you doing that shit 24-7. That mm -hmm. shit is hard, nigga. All mm -hmm. the fucking time being black. But we need them to see the traumatic shit. We can never watch when they see us again. I never watched ever. it. I couldn't. I'm, I I'm not trying. I had to stop. I was in that bitch boo-hooing. Mm -hmm. Crying like a motherfucker because I was like, God 
damn. Like, we just didn't know it was that fucked up. You know what I'm saying? But Christian, what you was about to say, bro? I mean, I, I guess basically um, I'm trying to figure out a, a moment when when the world, or at least this country, saw images of us and they actually felt something, you know? Like the last, I would say, film for me was um, uh, Birth of a Nation, but but they tried to assassinate your boy's character. Right before um, the movie right came Right before out. the movie came out, and it kind of it kind of had a stain on the uh, uh, what what the film could have been. But at the I same, I didn't know that. What was the assassination attempt on his character? Nate, so, Nate Parker. He said that uh, he was accused of he was uh, accused of raping someone when he was um, in college in college oh, wow. at Virginia State, uh, a white a white woman. Um, my, but I mean, I, I don't know what what is or what isn't true in that situation. Mm-hmm. But I thought it was very specific and very coincidental in timing that it happened whenever he was putting an image on, and on the screen. Even, and like a lot of his interviews that he was doing while he was trying to like really pub the movie, mm-hmm. those were reoccurring questions. Were, were reoccurring questions reoccurring all the time. Reoccurring questions about the incidents. But I mean, we, when we talk about like our stories. Um, uh, there's there's a topic going on in Chicago right now about changing certain streets to the um, uh, the actual founder of Chicago, which is a, a Haitian a Haitian American, mm-hmm. um, and people are fighting back on that. And I'm just like, well, what what is what is the problem? We all know, you know, his name was Dusabo. Uh, so I'm trying to figure out exactly what the issue is. But white people only let you get so far when you so. And one thing I like about having these conversations is it, it, it helps me reflect on my, my positions. I've always been an advocate for Malcolm X because he made white people feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Martin, white people would invite him out for, for dinner at night because he made them feel somewhat justifiable or or accepted their, their sensibility and their racism. Yeah. But... I mean, we're, we're, we're never going to get to a place where we can actually have the honest conversation <clears throat> and say, you know... Um, you didn't come here on the Mayflower. Nice. You were brought here on chains, and the people who brought you here came yeah. on the Mayflower. Mm-hmm. We have to yeah. have the honest conversation, and we we can't do that with these people because that means they're relinquishing some power, and they don't want to do that. They don't want to relinquish because there's power and vulnerability. Exactly. We people always say that phrase: "There's power and vulnerability, showing your true self, and then wanting to do better." But because there's power in that, you got to give up some of your power to well, do that. I think they're also brainwashed by American history and policy, and they think that laws and policy makes up for the the issues that those terrible policies had in the first place. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, black people can buy a house for the most part wherever you want now. And that's actually not true because, I mean, last year, who was that? New York came out. Um, showing how realtors and banks were moving black people towards certain areas. Mm -hmm. In 2015, St. Louis was still caught redlining, right? So, well, all of those those things are illegal now. So the uh, the white perspective is those things are illegal Mm -hmm. now. So Mm -hmm. we've 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 made it right. (laughs) Well, two things are wrong with that with that issue. There are still black people living in red line neighborhoods that don't have the resources and access to resources that they would have had there not been redlining. And number two, nigga, y'all still redlining. Like, so neither you have not finished, you have not fixed anything from the past, nor are you fixing anything in the current. The future is yet to be told. We don't know. And and this situation is like, not you can even go back to cases for this shit. Remember that story of that lady? I think she lived in the Northeast, 
black lady. She got her home appraised, and the mm-hmm. appraisers kept giving her a certain price. And she's like, I know my home's worth more than mm-hmm. this. So she had her white friends come over to her home. And while her white friends was there, she restaged the house, took all of her pictures down, mm-hmm. but left up all of her degrees, left up some of her art that was non-African art, just general art, mm-hmm. and put up the pictures of the white family. They gave her $100,000 more. Mm-hmm. We ain't talking about $5,000, $10,000, we are talking about a $100,000 higher valuation mm-hmm. based on white people's pictures being up on the wall and a white person being in the house. And for anyone who doesn't know, not to insult anyone's intelligence listening, but... Of course, when you get your house appraised, that's what you're allowed or what the fair asking price on the market is. So they were keeping her out of $100,000 of fair market price, um, which is obviously a lot of money, obviously. Because if you give me $100,000 today, you ain't going to know me tomorrow. That's a wrap. Mm -hmm. I'm out. I'm pretending not to know nobody. All right. Y'all got any closing takes on this? Critical race theory. Let me just get an answer. Critical race theory. Should it be taught or should it not be taught, Christian? It definitely should be taught. Next. With context. I don't think it should be taught in kindergarten or first grade, but when you get into... Oh, shit. God. The bird's back, guys. Damn it. This time he ran into the brick wall, though, so... Not the window. God Dumb damn. motherfucker. Yeah. Hell. Yeah. <laughs> what was that saying? Uh, no, I thought you found me throwing a brick. <laughs> Fuck. The child support is in the mail, lady. <laughs> Um, when when we start to learn about, you know, American history in, mm-hmm. in 10th grade, 9th, 10th grade, whatever, I think it's worth having a conversation talking about the police in the South started as a slave patrol, that the prison system started, the prison system as we know it started in 1866 when, you know, the slaves were freed in 1865. Like, that's not a coincidence. Mm-hmm. It's, it's necessary to be taught that, in um, Chicago, in the riots in Chicago or in Tulsa, that the police were a part of the folks killing black folks because it goes Mm -hmm. to show that the systems have never, the Tuskegee experiments need to be taught on how the government used black bodies to experiment. Um, The Native American torture techniques need to be taught, you know, because those things inform the, what we're seeing now. It's easy to believe that black people are not being over-policed or unjustly killed when you think that the the what is it called the root of policing was an altruistic standpoint when in actuality it was started as slave patrols it was started yep. as white supremacists you know and then you have um what are they called descendants and and nepotism throughout the generations of of policing where white supremacists have infiltrated and what does that mean now and so right. i think that's what's important to be taught, it gives you a full context of everything and not just being able to look at things at a singular as a singular event. And you would think that with the with the phrase that goes around like history must be taught so we can avoid it repeating itself, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Why would this not be something that you would want to teach unless you want the thing to repeat itself? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like you're showing your hand by saying, I don't want this taught. There are no specifics on why you don't want it taught outside of, I don't want people to think America was a racist country. Well, it was. Acknowledge it, that shit and move on. Yeah, it doesn't it's, mean you were racist. Right, it's, it's a conversation that can go away if you... Like, take the actual steps to make it go away. Mm-hmm. If you don't want to address the issue, guess what? You're not going to have the address, uh, issue addressed. Mm-hmm. And then, bam, we're going to keep having this conversation. Mm-hmm. So I think it should be taught. I think it should be something that starts, like, eighth grade. Because around that age, kids are starting to think critically. They're starting to kind of see the world. They're not understanding the world, mm-hmm. but they're seeing the world, and they're identifying 
place and structure and shit like that. So I think it, it could be key. I have one, one last point. It's more so of a question. So I know we're talking about critical race theory and if we should uh, implement that in our school systems. Um, do you think it, it's uh, a better idea for black or minority-based people um, to mirror what the Jews have done within their actual uh, teaching of uh, their minors? Insulate them until they're 13 years old. To give them some some racial some racial pride, also give them some dignity amongst themselves to where, to where they we can have something of our own, and it's not it's. Let, let's be honest here. Who's going to be teaching <laughs> this content? Mm. It's yeah. gonna it's gonna be white teachers. I don't like being taught by descendants of my enemies. Yeah, that that I can understand that piece too because. You already have people who are going to have certain attitudes about it, right? Because exactly. we, already, we already got motherfuckers. Because the biggest issue in schools right now was pretty much uh, sexual identity. Like, there was this one, mm-hmm. um, I think it was a PE coach mm-hmm. in, I think it was the East Coast. He refused to call this particular student by her name. It was a, a transgender girl, right? Mm-hmm. And the principal was, uh, I mean, the PE teacher was suspended, but then they appealed the suspension. There was a weird-ass, racist-sounding, probably sexist judge that said, nah, you gotta reinstate this particular person because that's their views and you're infringing on their uh, right to religion. But this is a public fucking school. Yeah. And parents are complaining, so mm-hmm. what the fuck? So, if you have them voicing opinions about that shit, imagine how they feel about race and racism. So that's just one example of it. I don't need any type of bias to be taught in this. But I think where I think when you when you talk about all of these things challenging the norm, white people don't want it. If you acknowledge one thing may be different than what you learned, for example, gender, right? If there's more than one gender, which isn't a new shit, right? I, I, I had good, I had dinner with my good friend S.K. Grohl, um, and and they are non-binary, and they mm-hmm. talked about how. It's not new, right? Gender and different genders are new. Mm-mm. Just that white people to to acknowledge that their understanding of the world is wrong in that way would mean they would have to acknowledge that they might be wrong in their understanding of the world and things that relate to maybe race. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and you can't open that you can't open that box of worms. You can't do it because now you now once you start doing that, now you got to start talking about some real shit. Yep. It is what it is. Yeah. All right, guys. So I want to transition over to a story. That no pun intended. Caused... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. This nigga. All right, y'all. So this one, <laughs> y'all, this one got me, I don't want to say excited because someone lost their life in this particular story. But the argument that my wife and I had about this was super intriguing. And I wanted to. Um, there you go. And I wanted to bring this over to you guys, right? So Yahoo posted a story um, on Friday. Can I read it? About Yeah, go ahead. A Virginia Tech football player is currently awaiting trial in the murder of a 40-year-old restaurant worker who catfished a young athlete on a dating app, officials said. It's Menmen Etue, 18, is accused of breaking all the bones in Jerry Smith's face, damn, killing him in a vicious beating prosecutors allege occurred after the two matched on Tinder. Shout out Tinder. In April, Etue met with Smith at his apartment in the small city of Blacksburg, Virginia. That sounds racist as hell. He told detectives, he told detectives that he'd went to the apartment for oral sex after connecting with an individual he identified as Angie on the dating app, according to the Roanoke Times. 
On May 31st, the varsity football player allegedly came back to Smith's apartment and learned his date was a man, the newspaper reported. And two may admitted to punching Smith five times in the face, only five. The linebacker, the linebacker also said he stomped on the 40-year-old, later heard bubbling and gurgling coming from Smith prior to exiting the apartment. Fox 46 reported Etue didn't immediately contact authorities. Smith died of blunt force trauma to the head and autopsy showed he had missing teeth and all the bones in his face had been broken, according to Royal Note Times. Wow. So, <laughs> my... I'm sorry, when I, I shouldn't first, have When I first read this story, when I first heard this story, my stance was immediately like, damn, that's fucked up that that guy died. Mm-hmm. But then I immediately said, well, how did he get this person into his home? And what was his expectations when he got this dude into his home? This 18-year-old mm-hmm. child. Because we got to stop saying being 18-year-old makes you a man. Mm-hmm. You're not 18 years old in this situation. So I know being a black man, it's hard to say this phrase that I'm about to say. I'm going to need you to stop hitting on that table. My bad. Them springs will <laughs> be all over the place. Being a black man, it's hard to say this, guys, but do you guys believe that this is a uh, blameless victim? Oh, no. no victim is blameless. Well, I'll take that back. Most victims <laughs> aren't blameless. Because, yeah. eh, I mean, we do have situations in which, you know, you just randomly shot by the cops and shit like mm-hmm. that. So that's why I said it's hard just to be black and say that. But my thoughts on this were like, damn, man, like, it's a fucked up situation, but... I mean, what, what is what was this guy expecting to happen when he invited this 18-year-old kid to his home under the false pretenses that it was a woman? Right. Was he right in, was he right in what he did, though? No. And kicking his ass? No, he murdered him. We can't just say he kicked his ass. But he no, but him. okay, listen. So here's, here's where I separate. And we, hold on. Before you say that, we're only going off of the information that we have, and we will do a little bit of speculation. Right. A little and bit of speculation. Just also clarification. Um, obviously, by the name, you probably could tell that dude who killed the guy was black. Oh, yeah. He got dreads. Yeah, he's got locks. Um, no, he actually has dreads. Those were dreads. Mm-hmm. Um, we do not know the race of the gentleman mm-hmm. who was killed. I mean, okay. I'm, I'm, but I'm, I'm be honest. It sounds like some white shit. So. You think it was a white guy? Sounds like it. Well... Nevertheless, I don't care. I don't care what color he is. The nigga was a man. He came off like he was a woman. I probably did the same thing. I give. I give. I do feel for the man who died, but at the same time, I would, I would kick your ass. But I don't kick your ass in the in the in the mind frame that I'm going to kill you. I don't mm-hmm. think he meant to kill that person. I think he was so enraged that he was like, you know mm-hmm. what? You know what? I think I'm coming to get, get some sloppy top. She about to, yeah, she about yeah, to suck me to, to, to my head. base. That guac guac 6,000. You know what I'm saying? That, yeah. that, that gawk gawk 3,000. <laughs> Bitch, I want to see your dick grabbers around my shit. Make sure the nails are done perfectly. Okay, ladies? This is, this is for you guys out there. If your man loves you, he's going to tell you, get those dick grabbers done right. Anyway, um... Yes, he deserved to die, and I hope he burns in hell. Don't be catfishing niggas, okay? Don't be catfishing niggas. He shouldn't have died, but what do you think is going to happen? So These people are so bold on these dating sites. They they, they do all this crazy shit that they wouldn't do in person. And this this was my thing, right? It's two scenarios for me. When I first saw this, and I'm like, in one scenario... The kid that did the murdering deserves to go to jail for the rest of his life. 
this was the scenario that I concocted in my head for this. So <laughs> let's say he pulled up to the house. You know, young kids aren't like how we are. We're going to go ring the doorbell or we gonna, we FaceTime or some shit like that because we're way more social creatures than what the younger folks are. He probably shot a text, yo, mm-hmm. outside. And the person responded, come on up, still getting ready. Once again, this is speculation. We don't have this information from this case. So homie comes up, opens the door, probably sitting down, chilling, right? And then this guy comes out. I think in that situation, if I'm a young black male, I'm thinking somebody probably set me up to get robbed. This is some some funny shit. I don't know what the fuck is going on. Mm-hmm. I have no, no thoughts that I'm meeting a dude here. And I can see how a tussle will ensue and then the nigga that's a D1 athlete fucking beats a guy to death. So that's the one situation I see in which, okay, yeah, he probably deserved to do whatever happens to that guy. He probably should have gotten killed because you invited that situation in. But if homie told him, hey, I'm a dude, or he had, if he had any notion that this was a guy before he came into the home, then yeah, he deserved to go to jail for the rest of his life. How many niggas in Atlanta knowingly get top? From dudes? From dudes or transitioning? I don't know, man. Atlanta, a wild-ass, progressive-ass city, so I don't know. <laughs> I don't I'm just, know. I'm just, I'm just saying. They got I'm Bobby just, Valentino, then they got you, Young you know, Buck. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just, I'm just saying, like, you know, like, but, who's to say this? This is not the circumstance that happened, and it just, he couldn't contain himself. I don't know. I don't. We don't know. Which, so you said you think homie deserved to go to jail for life. What you think? He deserves to go to jail for life. Why? First of all, it should be very difficult to beat a murder charge, specifically when he confessed to the crime and we know what happened. On top of all of that, um, there was a very simple other option. What? Leave. It's a very, very simple... Mm. What, what you mean? The door Think is about there. when you was 18 and you was about to get your dick sucked for the first time. It don't matter. That it was my first. It doesn't time. matter if you're if you're questioning bro, if, me. Nah, but no, 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 but you trying to play me, bro. You trying to play that's me. That's what I'm saying. If you I'm trying 18, to play me, and this is don't one play of my with me. first times getting top. If she would have said, "Hey, come into the house, handcuff yourself, and no, put a ski fuck mask that. on, no, and fuck that. It's simpler than that. It's simple. What if what if it was, "Hey, baby, come come get inside. I'm about to like you can't transition from a subtle, sultry voice to sounding like me. That's what I'm saying. Unless, what if this motherfucker pulled a Chris Hansen, right? I don't it's think, too, he's too I don't immature. Think, I don't think that um, they talked on the phone. I doubt that. I think it was probably a text, a Tinder text back and forth mm-hmm. type of thing. And if, if I know it's not fair to judge everybody by who you are, I'm very slow to anger. Um, quick to annoyance, slow to anger. And I'm very logical. So if that shit happens to me, that nigga walk out. Who are you? Well, I have something to tell you. I'm Angie. Bye, bye, nigga. Like I'm out. Like that. that you know what I mean? A, okay, okay, it, okay. It's a it's a rap to me. Like that's not what I'm here for. Like it's cool that you whatever. Don't be catfishing niggas because you yeah. don't know what people are capable of. I'll right. say that. Um, but if I were in that situation, even now, I'd be like, you ain't who I thought you was. I'm not. I'm not cool with that. I'm leaving now. If shit gets aggressive after that, then that's a problem. But being 18 and not being able to control, there are plenty of 18-year-olds who get angry and don't murder people. 
You feel me? Granted, he thought he was just beating his ass, and he probably didn't recognize this, the anger, strength, and the adrenaline yeah. that I mean, he had at the moment. Play, that plays linebacker. Yeah, but like, I, I've known plenty of 18-year-olds to get angry about some shit, no matter what it was, and they ain't break nobody's face. And so I'm not giving it the I'm not giving it the context of, well, he was catfished, and, you know, oh, boy, shouldn't have done what he did. Absolutely. True. Should not have done what he did. And he did he deserve it? Probably, but there are a lot of people who deserve things who you yeah. should not indulge in giving them what they deserve. Because I disagree. And I, I am, I am an equal. I am an equal opportunist of uh, of getting fucked up. Like I, I feel like <laughs> I'm not saying people should go around killing people and beating people's asses for no reason, mm-hmm. but it is necessary to get your ass kicked from time to time. It is necessary. If you play with certain people a particular way, yeah. mm-hmm. you may need to figure out mm-hmm. what these the are fuck some is up. these are yeah. some examples that you can speak to. If you can't if you can't look to getting your lung punctured for for making comments about someone's wife, if you can't, you know, think to, you know, getting shot at outside the club or the studio or your crib because you did some you know, yeah. you learn from extreme circumstances. That doesn't yeah. mean that the people who did those things aren't wrong. No, no, I'm not saying yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, we're not, not refuting this, that. But this this was my my problem with this, right? Everybody that, that I talked to about this previously was saying that the, 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 the kid was wrong, the kid was wrong. Well, he's 18. No one said anything about the 40-year-old man, 40-year-old man having a conversation with an 18-year-old boy. If this kid was two years younger. It would have still been legal, but go ahead. Two years, you, no, it's been legal. He's been sixteen. Yeah, he's been sixteen. Sixteen and yeah. forty. There's no Romeo and Juliet law that, that can protect this nigga. <laughs> yeah, you right? know what I'm saying. The fuck? So if this kid was sixteen years old, right? Because we gotta realize your brain is still fully forming and functioning and all this other shit until you're in your twenties. Twenty five. Yeah. So if this kid was in a what was sixteen and the guy was 40, we'd be looking at this case totally different. Yep. We'd be saying, oh, that this grown ass man manipulated this child and he got what he deserved. Well, the kid is still 18 years old, man. Like, I don't believe he should have killed him, but I also think he's foreign your football player. You lift the weights all the time. You got the CTE shit going on. So <laughs> the niggas, he's built like an ox. The nigga's neck is yeah. the size of this house. Like, yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? But that also brings me to do you remember that conversation? Uh not a conversation. It was a it was a bit on Dave Chappelle where he's he asked the question, how old is 18 really? You know what I mean? So you have to we have to decide. You know, there's a black kid that was in Florida was uh they gave him gave him life in prison because he was practicing a wrestling move on one of his friends and I he accidentally that. killed the kid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, flip side of that, there was a there was a white girl, it was a circumstance somewhat very similar. Right. She got probation and she only served six months in jail. So why I mean, it it isn't the same circumstance, but mm-hmm. I mean He's an 18-year-old kid. I'm pretty sure he's he's from the hood. He's from the trenches. Yeah. You know, Look. no one, no, I mean, listen, this shit is not common. Just because Dwayne Wade is accepting his his daughter's transition does not mean the entire world or the community is doing so. Are we on, are we on a, a, slow, a slow trail to that? Maybe so, but we need to have conversations about gender and about understanding these things. 
But I also think like you have to be transparent. If he had said, "Look, I'm a transgender person," just throwing it out there, like at any point in time during that's their- not a coffee table conversation. <laughs> but I mean, he could have <laughs> thrown that out via text. He could have put that shit in that secured messaging thing that they have on Tinder. He had plenty of opportunities to let this kid know whilst whilst trying to secure the gawk gawk setup. What? Right, all while <laughs> like, trying to do that shit. I mean, he could have let that like, nigga know that at any point in time. He did let him know though from you, from you what from what i'm reading he didn't come out there and like make up and address and then when they got to do to do do find a little dingle dingle down there like he came out as himself presented and was like hey you know i maybe it, i catfished you i don't know if he gave him an explanation sounds like he had to because i don't think he was just gonna beat somebody ass for walking down a hallway because could have been old girl's you know brother or roommate or whatever do you think he beat his ass after or before I don't know. See, oh. we gotta we gotta do a little speculation. If that's he what did I'm, it, that's what I'm asking. If he did it afterwards, homie, I'm on Dexter's side. Yeah, homie, he go to go. jail for he the rest go of your life. Because nigga, you you just gay and now you upset about it, bro. That's also, if he did it before, he got to go to jail for the rest of his life because he could have just left. Yeah, he could have came and left. Could have left. You could have just <laughs> left. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure he did. <laughs> this nigga. I mean, and I think, and I mean, the law is right. The law is, at least in Louisiana, if you can get away, if you can get away, and then you choose to commit murder, you well, maybe not anymore because we're staying your ground. Staying your ground. But before, mm-hmm. before staying your ground, if you could get away, and you chose not to get away then you are guilty. And there's also a point where you become, you can you can legally move from being, um, what is it called? An aggressor to... A, the, uh, from a defender to an, an aggressor, aggressor, right? Mm-hmm. You can legally move those two places where the judge can be like, well, at this point, you should have like stopped and walked away. Right. But there was not even a reason to engage the situation. There was There was no reason... To, that's that's also hold on we got to preface that that's your speculation, that's speculation. on it because we don't know I and mean, then we all speculating in this situation well, but in your scenario continue yeah well um, if the dude didn't get aggressive you know if if oh boy um who committed the murder was like i'm leaving and dude got aggressive and was like you know why you know we can still whatever okay cool you mm-hmm. put your hands on somebody that's mm-hmm. different but now you he he went to the point by breaking every bone in his face from being the defender to the aggressor so you're going to pay for that anyway maybe manslaughter no way to really prove it cuz dude right. is dead but in the grand scheme if if dude walked out and I, i'm just going to stick on this because it's such an easy solution and it it just makes the most sense nobody is going to sit there on a jury and be like, you know, you really should have beat his ass, right? Like, you really you really should have beat his ass when the option was he presented himself and you could have left. Like, no one is going to sit there and be like... But that's I feel like in that situation, or think about it. If I pull up to, to some chick crib, I meet on... Or what I'm assuming is a chick's crib mm-hmm. on Tinder, right? I, I meet her on Tinder. I see her profile picture on Tinder. You, of course, are going to fantasize everything about that situation and you pull up and this is once again my speculation of what potentially could have happened he pulls up to the crib text i'm here like come on up via text nobody's talking on the phone nowadays well in their age group nobody's talking on the phone Mm -hmm. or what age group he was uh pretending to be he pulls up comes in the house sits on the couch like every young nigga i know probably whips out his phone starts texting playing games or pretending to do something to avoid the awkwardness of interaction mm-hmm. right and then this guy just shows up 
in that situation, bro, because I can, I'm, I'm trying to mentally put myself at being 18, popping up somewhere, somebody crib, and a dude, somebody you totally don't expect, just shows up. Then I mean, you're gonna be startled, you're gonna be off guard, and what if he's approaching? Like, no, 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 calm down. And homie sees that as like you trying to grab me or some shit. Like, I don't know what the fuck going on. And he just start whooping this nigga ass until like he stops seeing red. Then I think if his legal team argues that case, they got some pretty strong legs to stand on. The, the, well, then the question is, does the crime, does the punishment warrant the crime, right? Mm-hmm. So was 40-year-old dude wrong? Absolutely, because catfishing is not a cool thing. Mm-mm. I've seen maybe 15, 20 episodes of Catfish. I've seen them all. Really? I mean, it it, it is it is what it Y'all is. Y'all niggas got some weird right? fetishes. I've never seen <laughs> I've never seen anybody on Catfish um threaten to kill or 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 actually attempt to do those things. Mm-hmm. You know? And so it I'm going in, y'all. The it wasn't warranted. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um it it wasn't warranted. Uh-huh. The punishment does not match the crime. He could have very simply walked away and been done with the whole situation, and we wouldn't be in any of this. We wouldn't be having this conversation right now. But now look look at us. This is bullshit. That nigga just said everything bullshit. (laughs) So us niggas have all grown up watching the show Catfish. Mm -hmm. We've all seen Catfish. The premise of Catfish is that they need Neve and Max to get these motherfuckers together, right? He knew their names. The person, Yo, the person on fuck. Catfish, right? We've all seen that shit. It's always somebody texting somebody over the series of years and they refuse to meet, mm-hmm. correct? Yeah. This motherfucker wanted to link and suck dick. <laughs> this is what he wanted to do. <laughs> oh, like, he, like didn't he, really... need, he didn't need need to pull up. He didn't need Max. He just wanted that young man to come out, whip the meat out so homie could get the sucker. <laughs> That's what the fuck bothered me about the whole thing is you could have kept texting homie, leading them on like they do on Catfish. Mm-hmm. And then at some point, you could have just cut off communication. Homeboy said, nah, I'm ready to risk it all. Pull up to the crib. My bad for smacking the table again. But I can hear it. Pull yeah. up to the crib, and he's ready to suck some dick. He set himself up in that situation. Once again, speculation. I don't know what he did once the Oh, he set himself up, in. yeah. He, he, he did set himself up, but I mean, I guess the, I guess to the, to the young kids, you know, detriment, did he FaceTime? Did did he did he request to see mm. this person mm. in live time before he actually went up there? Who mm. knows? Can we speculate on that? If he did see, then he knew what he was coming in for. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't have the Adam's apple. Mm-hmm. Nah, you can't. I you know can't. what I'm saying? I don't have one, do I? Let's think, what the fuck? <laughs> I think it's just tweaking. <laughs> but no, like, so, so it's, it's just like, you know, like, come on, man. Like, you know, I think, in my mind, I think the kid knew. And I think I think he responded uh, against his own ego mm-hmm. and how he felt maybe after the fact. Like he went there wanting a gay experience. No, nah, not happened, even that. Maybe that nigga just wanted some head. Yeah. And then he was like, she. But then he was like, you know what? This is gay. He <laughs> 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 was like, you know what? I blame you. <laughs> <laughs> Bitch, like he had to kick that nigga ass at that point. Like, fuck you. Like, you ain't gonna tell how nobody. Dare you put me in this situation. <laughs> how dare you get me out here doing damn well? This wasn't 
of what I really wanted to do. How the fuck I'm gonna go back to the locker room now? You know what I'm saying? It's just like I don't know. Like that nigga, <laughs> that nigga lost it halfway through. This nigga think I could be Michael Sam. You know what I'm saying? It's like this shit feels comfortable, but I shouldn't be doing this. You know what I'm saying? Let me go to Atlanta. Fuck with you. Go to Atlanta. Fuck you, the niggas. Well, nah, on, man. Rest, rest in peace to that man. I mean, I feel bad for the entire situation, but like, bro, it's so many scenarios. So, all right, let's let's just get a verdict on this. I think he's gonna be found guilty. I think he's gonna be found guilty. Dexter, what you think, man? I think he'll be found guilty, but I don't think he'll get like a life sentence. I think he'll nah. serve a manslaughter or probably five, man, five, yeah, five to ten. Five, no, he'll he'll be sentenced to five to ten, get out in three. If that, what state was it in? Virginia. Yeah. Yeah, that's a Democratic state. He going to jail for a good time. For a good time. I was going to say if it was in like North Carolina or South Carolina. Virginia. But he plays Virginia. 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 He plays Virginia Tech too. They might have some sympathy for him. It's too, it's too, um, it's too, uh, what's that word? Liberal? No, when something's too popular. Well known. That was where I was looking for. It's too well known. They're, they can't pull the strings. Um, they, yeah. they can't pull the strings for this one. They got to stay out of it. Yeah, he's, he's getting, he's getting it. He's going to jail. Um, I just look at the climate and what's going on outside right now. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they can't. They you can't mean the birds in the window? Or what? I mean, hey, <laughs> shit. I don't know. Bro, the y'all, birds. Remember that, y'all remember that movie we had to watch in like uh, high school and shit? The shit birds when birds attack? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Bro, and that was just I seagulls. That, that wasn't fucking red tail hawks. <laughs> Man, that I ain't know was, what the fuck that was. That was some wild ass shit. Well, at least we got an episode name for this bitch Juneteenth and Hawks. Nigga, <laughs> 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 here, boy. Atlanta Hawks. Juneteenth <laughs> and Atlanta Hawks. <laughs> <laughs> you fuck niggas. <laughs> Yo. All right, man. So we got we got one more topic. One more topic. That was a lighthearted topic for this week, y'all. We got one more somewhat serious topic. We kind of touched on it a little bit, but it's uh, about the communities and folks being involved in our communities that don't really have any business being involved. Like, Christian, you brought up this shit uh, yesterday when we was doing yeah. a lot of the pre-production shit, so I'll let you introduce the topic, man. So I guess uh, we all we all have a, a a good understanding as to what happens in our communities when we're looking at uh, different racial groups or minorities moving in and actually taking away from uh, the integration of our own dollar. So we're talking about mm-hmm. uh, whether it be currency exchanges, liquor stores, nail salons, um, you know, your local bodega, your local corner store, anything that is bringing uh, value in the Ooh, community or lack thereof mm-hmm. is not positioned by people who look like us. So the majority of the community may be black, but if you look at your, your local businesses, they are not yep. in representation of what we look like. So, um, should they be there? Should they be allowed to continue forward? And what can we do to, to take that back? I mean, separate from, um, from rioting, like in LA and Chicago, I don't want another Asian woman shooting another black person. So, nah, man, y'all saw that case with that Asian guy that shot that six year old just trying to grab his bike out I the did. yard. Mm-hmm. I did. Like, yeah, that was the, the heat and he's out on bond too. Got out on bond. I did see yeah. that. They, they were but trying to change the one it. in the arm. He yeah. got shot in the arm. Yeah. But what kills me about this this shit, bro, is like businesses come into our communities and they know how to market to like the lower middle and lower class. Mm-hmm. Like, people of our demographic, it's like when they're overseas, they study that shit. Like, all right, bro, you want to have success in America? Hair stores, Chinese food, mm-hmm. corner store shit, because there's going to be a lot of these niggas' grocery stores and shit. Mm-hmm. But what's killed me about this shit is, like, I, I've I've never seen a black-owned corner store. Even in Baton Rouge, like, one of our biggest, like, cornerstones is the blue store. The blue store is, like, the best thing since sliced bread. Why you put an R-E on that, bro? It's blue, hmm? it's blue store. 
Blue stuff. Well, thank you. Well, triple S, whatever you want to call that shit, but it <laughs> ain't triple black nigga. on. Triple it's triplets, my nigga. Where the f- what? I pronounce triple S like that. Nigga. Oh my god. I don't know Speech what the fuck y'all talking fuck about. Fuck y'all niggas. So, but <laughs> all I'm saying is, bro, like, it's crazy to how we don't have our hand in any of these businesses. Most of your, like, famous corner stores that you get food from or, like, hair stores and shit, they are not mm-hmm. black owned. Yeah. Like, take, um, take the blue store here, right? Not black owned. It's popular as shit. Niggas love their chicken and potato logs, mm-hmm. but, like, we Asian don't have owned. any is Asian on. Mm-hmm. Take Manchu's in New Orleans. I think Manchu's in New Orleans is um it's a it's their their rival to our chicken spot. They ain't oh, okay. fucking with it. Like okay. they ain't fucking with it's it. Like Middle Easterns out there. Huh? I think it's either Middle Easterns or it's gonna be a Asian community that owns Manchu's. Yeah. So it's like all of the big name popular like corner store shit like that's for them. All the shit that's infiltrated within our communities is owned by them. Now I will say, back home. I take that back. It's, maybe this is ge- geographical because, like, some of our corner stores are black owned, mm-hmm. or like we may have some bodegas in the area. Because I know, like, our corner store, Mister Rivera, had that shit as long as I mm-hmm. was alive. You know, old Puerto Rican man and his mm-hmm. kids ran the shit too from time to time. But like, we treat we treat our corner stores like. Like you may get into a shootout and niggas niggas gonna hide in the corner store, you know what I'm saying, or whatever. Like you just being that motherfucker. Like I remember getting getting fifty cent uh, uh, frozen juice cups, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. or you know getting getting the Vienna hot chips and shit. But in some areas you do have that, but the majority it, it is gonna be it is gonna be pretty much owned by Middle Eastern Persian or an Asian. Asian American family, so mm-hmm. and I it's mean. Ne- like you never see them on the front lines of shit. I don't remember the Asian community making several posts during the Alton Sterling incident, right? I mean, look, we, first the thing we have to discuss is how anti-black um, yes. most of Asia is, from India mm-hmm. to South Korea. I mean, South Korea in K-pop be dropping the N bomb just like everybody else, you know, still black mm-hmm. culture and black music and whatnot, but don't fight for black. Whatever. Um, same thing with the Middle East, but that a lot of that is because of the the export of the of black person in America, mm-hmm. right? Um, the second thing is most of those folks, and we talked about this yesterday. Most of those folks don't get loans in America to open up businesses mm-hmm. in the hood because, again, banks will not give businesses opportunities to open in the hood, um, yep. and banks also won't give. A lot of black people, big business loans, they'll give you a small business loan, you know, 50, 70,000. They ain't going to give you a $250,000 business loan. So what a lot of those Asian folks do is they um, is they get loans from their home country. Mm-hmm. And then they take that loan from their home country and open shit. Um, and they're also extremely communal, right? So yeah. they ain't going to give nobody else the opportunity to buy it. They're going to pass it down to their children. They're going to pass it down to the rest of of the community. But... A couple of years ago, maybe five or six years ago, somebody did a study of how long you can go as a demographic without spending your money in another demographics, you know, area mm-hmm. or area of expertise, I should say. And um, white people can go about two months, about two months without having to spend money outside of another white person. Asians can go about six weeks without having to spend money outside of um, a white person. And you can see that because even, you know, down the street from where we are now, there's the Asian market right there. Yep. Right. right. And there's Asian corner stores and there's Chinese food spots. And there's a big ass ideal mart, like the, uh, the mm-hmm. uh, Hispanic grocery store. Mm-hmm. Hispanic grocery store. All that. 
black people can go about two hours mm-hmm. without spending money outside of the black community. And again, one of my theories that I haven't proven and I haven't studied is that all issues that that deal with race and racism can be boiled down to redlining. Every single one of them yeah, can agreed. be boiled down j- basically just to redlining. And I don't, I don't necessarily think I can agree with the redlining pieces because I think when we start businesses as black people, once again, we got to start from the bottom. But we also, when we think about becoming business owners, we don't really think about a lot of the uh, easy, practical shit, right? Like, a lot of people that we know that own smaller businesses, they doing eyelashes. It's, it's practical. Mm-hmm. They do hair. It's practical. They do actual hair. Some of them might have, like, a distribution system for, like, selling hair. But they never think of just opening up a corner store and just selling, like, chips and shit. They're not why, thinking of... Why wouldn't they? Right. Because there's already it's not, a corner store. It's not a glamorous, sexy idea, and because there's a lot of corner stores, like you said, already that do this. It's too much overhead. What, what you, what you have much. to remember is that we only in the last 20 years have been really getting, 20 or 30 years, have been getting business loans like talking about. Right. We are coming in. There is no industry that we're coming in on the ground floor on, right? Mm-hmm. And so you well, think... Forex, what about that? Fuck that. Fuck that. <laughs> and uh, negative. Like... So there's nowhere PPP to really schemes. go. Either. And, I mean, you couple that with the idea that uh, not a lot of um, the United States doesn't have that many industries to break into anymore. Mm-hmm. Most people, we're not inventing new things. You might have an app or something like mm-hmm. that, but it, it's not like there's a real industry that's popping up. And if it is, there's high barriers to entry. For instance, space travel. Like, we ain't going to get shit like space travel and streaming services and, and things like that, things that are high barriers to entry. Mm-hmm. And so you got to talk about what we what we can accommodate with our capital. With my little $5,000 saved up, right, I can go get me a good riding lawnmower, a weed eater, and a, a, a trailer for my truck. That's and that's actually more than $5,000 right there. Yeah. You know, I can I can open up my own little studio with my Apollo twin and my laptop and buy some plugins and I can start a you know, recording studio out the back of my house. I can buy weave. I can buy eyelashes. I can buy glue and do those things. Yeah. So they're not going to give us money to open a corner store. They're not going to give us money to open. I mean, we just got our first black-owned hair shop in Baton Rouge. In the last three months, off of Greenwell Springs Road. So, and I'm, I would, I would venture to say that that probably wasn't a business loan. I would venture to say that she probably saved up that money yep. to get it because banks look at shit like that and be like, "You want to open up your your hair store? There's already 15 hair stores north of Florida Boulevard. Why did? Why is there another one? Yeah, right? To differentiate exactly. That. Even right. even uh, Millennial Park was not a business loan, right? Mm-hmm. That was his grandfather left him land. And he purchased the um, the Storage shipping containers. containers. And then from the money that he raised from owning that business and renting out those spaces, he bought the building next door. I don't think that nigga's dealt with a business loan yet. So mm-hmm. our trajectory on creating wealth and owning businesses, we don't get to have the same American experience. Therefore, we don't get to be judged by those same outcomes. Look, mm-hmm. sis, pull up to my house with your makeup and your eyelashes and do my shit, right? Yep. Rent you, the, the women who rent out hotel rooms, you know, to hustle and do hair out of the hotel rooms all day, right? Like, that that's some real shit. And that's just the experience that we're going to have because, again, I, I, I stand, stand by the argument. I could probably make change your mind that we could boil everything that has to do with the plight of the black person down to redlining very easily, actually. 
but it's it's I I get the argument. Like, mm-hmm. don't get me wrong, I get it. But I also feel like we do chase the glamorous ideas, and we also chase a lot of like the trend stuff too. Why shouldn't we though? White people do that. Like white people do it, but they they know they can hop to the next trend. As to what we have to make longer term uh, decisions. Like you got to get an industry and stay in that motherfucker. Well, think of it this way: do Do you think that we are we're positioning ourselves to do something that we're skillful in, or do you think it's just something that niggas is just saying, "Hey, well." I saw this one TikTok and I seen this work on Instagram. Right. How why not try it? I think it's a combination of both. Um I mean, why not? I mean, why why shouldn't you do the glamorous things? Why why shouldn't you do something that gives mm-hmm. you dignity mm-hmm. in but, what you do? I mean, but I because I feel like we have to chase the demand, right? Like a lot of motherfuckers go to college and major in shit that sounds great, sounds fucking amazing, but they didn't check the demand before they got their degree. I agree. Right? I agree. Some people don't, but but therein lies the difference between our age group and then also the generation that we're a part of. You got a ton of niggas who go who go to school and graduate in general studies, and now they're now they're working as a teacher. And I would never have them niggas teach my children. So it's like, mm-hmm. I mean, listen, you got to make a buck. You got to do something. I'm just happy niggas is outside doing something with their time. I don't care if it's, you know, if they just happen to be doing hair, doing doing lashes and shit. Do something, baby. Mm-hmm. Get off the ground but, and do something. But the people that are coming from outside of our communities are just simply responding to demand. It's like... That demand has been met 50 years ago, my nigga. But it has been met 50 years ago, but they've been able to expand and franchise. Like, take take Blue Store. Niggas love chicken, but they were doing spectacular at that one location. Now they got like four? Five. Five locations now. As well so as the they responded. Yeah. Right. They responded to, okay, demand's high for this shit. Let's continue to stay in this particular market. So is it really that we are not having these opportunities or is it we're not chasing the demand? I don't I don't I don't think the opportunities are given to us. Like like Dex said, there's there's so many roadblocks that are blocking us from even coming to a point to where we can even Say hey, this is even feasible for us. Yeah, if right. we, you know, so I mean, like, think think about how much overhead that is to open up a brick and mortar location. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do, do you yeah. understand what I'm saying? So it's like, it, I mean, we, we got the recipe. I, I mean, our existence in America is we we make the shit, they take it, they patent it, it's theirs now. That's always been that's always been the circumstance. So we're never going to get to. I mean, not I'm not going to say never, but it's difficult to ever see a position to where we're going to have that much power within our community like i'm like i remember like going like you know maybe two blocks up from from where i grew up and mm-hmm. you know there was a corner store and there's a currency exchange and there's a hair store but if you go like there now there are so many black businesses like i'll be mm-hmm. honest chicago is booming with a lot of black businesses now they're mm-hmm. actually doing some shit black women by the way black women black, who were actually particularly out, black women. a lot of mm-hmm. black women who out there getting this shit and i mean people who one i know a few females who left chicago you know went to went to indian university you know went went to virginia state came back you know got with their sorors say you know what let's let's get some shit going got yeah. some, got shit downtown got shit in the loop um on the west loop some shit on the west side south side low end wherever it's it's businesses that are that are actually booming at this point. The problem is they don't get the proper exposure, mm-hmm. and secondly, they are wearing out of the communities because they just do not like even even with redlining. 
what, what Dex was saying. That is a very specific thing. You are keeping, you are purposely keeping people out of a quality of life and a position mm-hmm. to move forward. But that's legal. That that's critical race theory. There are there are legal ramifications to trying to move forward in this life and you're being black. But what I'm saying is the red line in peace, while it drastically affects us, it's keeping us insulated into one community, right? It's keeping us from moving mm-hmm. into those other communities. Well, the Asians are in our communities too. Not we, by they their don't live choice. There. But right, they're not by choice. They don't live there. But the fact that we're there, we're tied to the communities there. Look at the top 10 industries, man. We yeah. can bring this shit to all hoods. I'm looking at it. And no, we can't. Online retail? We do that already. Mm-hmm. But also, I mean, so what we're, we're, I think what me and Christian are aligning, and I think where you are. last one, because the people in Flint would have been had that water <laughs> supply shit. I, yes. think where we're, I think where we're diverging is me and Christian are talking about um, being able to have unique and necessary businesses that make money, right? I think right. I think that's what we're talking about. What you're talking about is just owning things like what's already in the neighborhood. So consumer goods and services, the corner store is already there and owned by somebody else, mm-hmm. and banks aren't going to loan us the money. And I'm reading down this list, y'all. Industrial machinery, gas, and chemicals, level high degree of education. Um, you're going to have to be in school for a while. Now, with that said, ExxonMobil is in North Baton Rouge, but also doesn't pay any taxes and ruins property taxes. So look how that works. Redlining at work. Life sciences, high degree needed. Online retail, don't bring no money in, and it doesn't bring any brick-and-mortar buildings to the to the community to pay taxes. What was the next one? Hold on. His, um, his, something his about phone. market. Um, retail market. Retail, retail market. market. Don't know what the fuck that is. Specialist engineering, hell of a lot of training. Yes. Hell of a lot of education. Um, technology, ain't bringing fiber optic cable companies to, to North Baton Rouge. So everything on that list is either high barrier of entry, high level of education, or is not going to be allowed to um, exist with the American loaning scheme. But my what my thing is this, right? Just going back to the retail spaces and the retail squares. Mm-hmm. If you think about like the Walmarts, the neighborhood Walmarts, the uh, the Sam's Clubs, the uh, like the Aldi's of the world and shit, right? They'll move into a particular location, right? They know mm-hmm. that there's a bunch of mom and pops there, and they know that they're gonna take away from their businesses. They know this, so they go there with that intention to, hey, yeah, you'll be out of business soon. That's pretty much the business model. Mm-hmm. So why can't the same thing be said for us going into like, all right, so there's an open space next to an existing corner store that's owned by someone who is not from our community. It's right there. And there's a retail space right next to them. What's stopping you from opening up that retail space and doing the same shit from them? But you're black. They know you. You're from the community. Let's shut they shit down. Again, Asian people don't like black people. The person who called the police on George Floyd was an Asian man. No, 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 no. I'm not saying us to partner with them. I'm saying the Asian hair store is right here. Mm-hmm. There's an open retail space right next door. Why don't we take our black asses into that open retail space directly next door, walk in they trap, take they fucking trap. Why ain't we doing that shit? It mm-hmm. shouldn't be this kumbaya shit for some shit that's for us. We talk about the red line and peace, and I get it. I understand where y'all are coming from with that shit, but my argument is, Fuck it. If you got us trapped in this bitch, we should own all the businesses in this bitch. It would be nice. I mean, if we can, if we can get together and pool our money and and do that shit, it would be fantastic. But I think that expectation is unfair um, because it's not placed on anybody else. Like that's yeah. not the way that business works. Business works by you getting a loan or you raising capital and you finding or finding investors 
and you get your brick and mortar building or you work out of somebody's garage and, you know, you build your business the way that it's. And so to expect and this is what annoys me about the American experience of being black. It, it's always moving the goalpost and making things more difficult for black people. Mm-hmm. We see that with education right now. We said for decades, decades, go to get a college education, do this. And now that black folks have the most college debt, um, black women make up the most college educated, you know, advanced degrees. Mm-hmm. Um, and black pe- black women and black men make up the most, you know, proportionately speaking, uh, degreed people in the United States. All of a sudden, the the national conversation has shifted to, oh, actually, education doesn't matter that much, and you we can take away these qualifications and shit. So we continue to move the goalposts for the black whenever black folks catch up, or we say, well, no, you know what? If you can't do it the way that it's supposed to be done equally for everyone, if you can't get a loan to to you know like everyone else is, if you come with your business plan, we want we're not gonna give it to you because it's in a certain neighborhood that you happen to live in. You know what you need to do? You need you need to get yourself together as a community and put your money together and put money into this thing and then do it this way because that's what needs to be done. No, that's not what the fuck needs to be done. What the fuck needs to be done is that we're treated fairly like everyone else and you give us loans because the business plan is solid and because of where and, and not qualify where we live but no it's easier to continue to make black folks jump through hell and high water and hoops huh. to get the shit that everyone else is getting through the proper channels and i am one of those people that i refuse to play that game i will go broke before i play that fucking game because once you do that once you allow the powers that be to see that you're willing to to circumvent the system and make things a whole lot harder on yourself than it could be if they just played ball. Mm-hmm. They will continue to make it more yeah. and more difficult for you to play ball. It's the same question with like, are we treated poorly by the cops because the conversation in the black community is that we're treated poorly by the cops mm-hmm. or because they know that they can get away with it? Like, which which one is it? Is it the chicken? Which one came first, the chicken or the egg? No. And so I'm I'm just not willing to concede that ground because in our experience... Once you concede ground, shit just goes left. I mean, look at Joe Biden, right? We conceded the ground. If we were smart, if black folks were smart, and we're what, six months into a Biden presidency? Mm -hmm. If black folks were smart. ass motherfucker. If we we knew now what we knew then, we would have let let Trump walk straight into that White House one more time. Mm -hmm. And we'd have sat back and let this bitch burn. No, "Mm, no. I'm absolutely with it. Because Joe Biden, you know, there's something to be said about feeling more safe in the country and like, you know, someone not actively hurting you. But Donald Trump pissed off a whole lot of white people just like he pissed off black folks. And you know what? Maybe if y'all mad at each other, y'all will figure out how to treat everyone else better. But they were I'm, they were not mad at each other to the extent to where when he came down to it, they would not band together to kick our nigga ass. There's oh, that's a, with anyone. There's I, a there, there's a difference. But but back back to other point, I think we we, we gotta stop trying to match what other people are doing. Mm-hmm. Do it, do it the way that it works for us, and draw the attention and draw the support from our people. That's it. Um, we got to stop buying from these places who don't who don't advocate for black faces. Mm-hmm. If I don't see I black faces, I don't buy from it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I had to give up Simple Joes. That shit hurt. I love me. Oh, niggas I, fresh fruit, bro. I love my I love my Simple Joes, but them niggas put the the back the blue sign on the on the window. I was like. I ain't coming here no more. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. If you put now you can put a back to blue sign next to a Black Lives Matter sign, and I'm like, okay, 
Cool. It's confusing marketing. But yeah. yeah. All right. Cool. You know I get it. But yeah. I'm not. I'm not pulling up to your place when you are. Supporting. Wait. When the fuck did Simple Joe's do that? This has been about four or five months now. Damn. I ain't been back since, and that was my yeah, everyday spot. I saw that shit in like March. Been, uh, damn, bro. They make a mean Philly. Bro, them them grits. I don't know. They they put something in them grits. They it's the racism, bro. Racism makes everything taste better. It does. It does. Fuck. Well, fuck Simple Joe's. You guys are officially boycotted. Now, mm-hmm. if you want to apologize, you can by all means send in the apology to us, and we'll play it on there. And you got to give a black discount for Juneteenth and for February. I agree. And you don't even have to really apologize. I just want the discount. And if you take off the sticker, I consider that apology. Yeah. I'm good with that. Give us free grits and cheese on Sundays. That's racist, but fuck I'm here with for it. it. Yeah, like, I said fuck, fuck you. with it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm here for it. But yeah, man, I think um, I don't I don't think it's fair to ask black people to create new systems to be treated fairly or to build wealth when there are systems that are already created that people are just boxing us out of because they can. All right, guys. Well, you pretty much learned this week that we're still trying to solve racism. So you have to mm-hmm. tune in to the next episode to see if we find the solution to racism. Yes. We probably won't, so just keep listening any fucking way. We might find it. We yeah. might find it. Yeah. So, guys, once again, this is going to be our first episode posted on YouTube. First ever episode, full episode posted on our Facebook page. So for our listeners who are listening for just the audio portion, we're still going to be there, guys. Still find us on Anchor, Spotify, yes. Apple Podcasts. We'll be there but from from now moving forward guys we are going to be in the uh we're going to be in the uh video space so we're looking Mm -hmm. forward to entertaining you guys we're looking forward to keep giving you these great political takes but also giving you guys some comedy too we got to keep it sexy for you guys Mm, real sexy for you motherfuckers yeah yeah change your voice nigga i don't like your voice the fuck's going on (laughs) (laughs) y'all got any important shots man nah just follow me on instagram at d.nicks d.nichs Nah, underscore just Shavo. That's it. Oh, see if, y'all next time. If y'all want to come to the Juneteenth celebration, hit up my inbox, man, because we we yeah. inviting we inviting some folks. Yeah, know. bring champagne. Don't bring no cheap shit. Yeah, bring, bring champagne bring, if you bring the champs. No, the- no Stella Rosa. That's for that's for you broke bitches. <laughs> come on, bro. I told you, bro. All the women I know like Stella Rose. It's for y'all too, and and the brokies as well. Nah, but, keep um, this shit over there. But uh, I do have a pardon shot. I do have a pardon shot. Like, y'all, it's the summertime. You know, during the summertime, there's a major epidemic that affects not just our community, but the U.S. in a major, major way, guys. And we need you all to take this serious. Wash your fucking necks, man. I'm so tired of people having dirty-ass necks and being musty like a motherfucker during the summer. Y'all, this natural deodorant shit don't work. If you don't put some shit on that's going to put some aluminum in your body, I don't give a fuck how you feel about <laughs> aluminum, wear regular deodorant and wash your fucking neck. My name is DJ, and I'm looking forward to seeing you guys after the Juneteenth episode. With clean necks. Clean yes. necks and deodorant, yeah. motherfuckers. Peace. <laughs> Peace. <laughs>